Uh, okay, well, Panthers, welcome. Guys, we're to coming at you live. TX from, Talk. Yes, from right after it has happened. Well, guys, I'm Monica. And I'm Carly. And this, and this is, is a, a TX, TX Talk. Talk. We are so excited. We just had on the dang loveliest. The dang queen. Luann Stevens. Oh, we did, what Mama What a freaking Saracen. glorious Mama Saracen time that was. Yes. Oh, my gosh. She, I mean, I already, like, I texted my mom and my sister when we confirmed it. I was like, I just am already anticipating it to be super adorable. And it was. And It was. Yep. And like her bio that we, you know, pulled questions from was just so endearing. And we, she had great funny stories. She had really sweet stories. And, you know, look out for our dating podcast. <laughs> yeah, seriously, guys. We're launching. We we're Yeah. Um, she was incredible. And she was so generous with her stories. And just like Mama Saracen, she had us in stitches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, she has amazing, deep Texas roots. That was really beautiful to hear about her stories and um, growing up in Texas and yeah. how um, so much of that played into her love of pretend as an adult. And I just exactly. loved hearing all of her, all of her stories. I don't know. She's, yes. I just could have listened to her for forever. <laughs> Me too. It's really lovely. Like listen to it while you like sip a cup of tea and like yeah. curl up in a in an armchair. Yes. Yeah. Like a kitty cat. Like a little kitty cat. Anyways, we won't talk your ears off, but no. we just want to let y'all know. Yeah, we had an amazing time talking with Grandma Saracen and yes. very sweet Luann Stevens. So please enjoy. enjoy. Let me do it in my deep sick voice. Please enjoy. Luann Stevens. Ah, the texture. Well, Carly, do you want to officially intro our our next TX talk? Absolutely. So everybody, we are so excited to share with you that today we have with us Luann Stevens, Grandma Saracen. Oh, hello, hello. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. We're so excited to talk with you. Yes. It's really really neat that people are still liking and talking about Friday Night Lights. It was such a a life changer for me. And I think when you look at the whole cast and what's happened to most people, it was a life changer. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. We've heard that again and again. Yeah. And the part of a lifetime for me and for uh, Brad Leland, well, just for everybody. I mean, not for everybody, but for a lot of people, it was a part of a lifetime, what they may be remembered for. Exactly. Mostly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And every every cast member that we've spoken to, you know, no matter what they've done in their career, they just have such warm feelings about this show and just the camaraderie and the experience. Mm-hmm. And and even for so many of them that went on to do um, massive projects, this yeah. was still their first stepping stone. That's so special to everybody who was a part of it. Yeah. And, and you can I think part of the reason is the city of Austin Um because I know they talked about how you they could just walk around the streets. People go, hey, how you doing? But there was no like star crazy fans following them on Sixth Street. And uh, and you can tell because so many people have houses there. True. I think yeah. Taylor has one. Connie used to. I don't know if she still does. Of course, Kyle, Kyle moved yeah. his whole family to Dripping Springs. <laughs> right. <He's- laughs> 
I heard he was on the volunteer fire department at first. I don't know if yeah, he's I still that too. He is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect. That is awesome. Oh, man. So I think Austin was a factor. And also, I haven't done as much as most people. And that was my first that are now working. But that was my first series. And I can see how much better it is and different it is if you are doing it on location. Mm. Like we all had our own house. Mm. Oh, yeah. Whereas uh, some of the shows I've done since then, you know, they're in a studio yeah. and you're, you know, they've rebuilt the house inside another building. But to actually drive up to the Saracen house, the van lets you out there and you go in, you sort of like take all that in and, and it helps you with your character. Um it's funny that house at first was owned by some people living there. Oh, really? They would they would rent it and then have to move the walls, change the walls. And finally, they just bought the house. And one fan from England, I think it was a guy from England who went on a tour of the Friday Night Light and said, you know, it's gone now. It's been oh, the house. Down. Yeah. I could imagine. It was shocking. One was living in there and it was so tiny. I, I think, yeah. Did you get the feeling of it being that small when you were watching the show? Not really. I mean, it felt so accurate in right. mm -hmm. You know, it just felt exactly like those little homes that I know so well um, from the smaller Texas towns. So I just kind of assumed it was small, just those two little bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah, you go in the front, there's the steps, and you go in the front door, the living room, and right to the left is the boys' room, mm -hmm. kitchen. And then you walk into the back bedroom, which is Lorraine's bedroom. And that, that was it. it. That's about the it. The little bathroom that we were all using, the crew, the cast, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm fitting the cameras in there. <laughs> so I do think that being on location was one of the things that gave it such uh, a feeling of reality. Yeah, absolutely. The way they shot. I'm sure everybody's talked about that, too. Absolutely. Yes. And that's what I know. Kyle came up to me one day, said, you know, they knew that was my first series. He said, you know, you're never going to have this again. Right. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're never going to be able to make up stuff. Yeah. You're going to have to say what they write. <laughs> and you're like, what? wait, what? Come yeah. on, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way I look at it, if, if you're saying your lines exactly as written, that takes up about 50% of my brain. <laughs> so I have 50% left to create the character mm -hmm. because the, you know, the left brain has got to remember what those lines are. They've got to remember when I picked up the pencil, mm. when I put the pencil down, which hand I used. So, so, but in this show, since every take was different, you didn't have to match anything. Mm -hmm. I had 90% left <laughs> to be Lorraine. Yeah. And I'm really it made a difference. I could say, for instance, I could say to Zach, I want my orange juice. <laughs> or or I could say, where's that orange juice? I wanted it. <laughs> or I could say, I told you I wanted my orange juice. <laughs> so you can't, you can't do that in other shows. Right. There's so much freedom. So each time it was fresh yeah. and real. Um, so I think that's what people don't realize like I, I see people giving these long monologues on shows. I mean, I'm hooked on Netflix like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Pages and pages of monologues. 
Do you know how much of your brain that takes just to do that? Oh, so, yeah. Well, in one of the other shows we talk a lot about is Gilmore Girls, and they used to have like 90 page scripts per episode and not not one word of deviation. And yeah. I just can't imagine acting in an environment like that. <laughs> it, that's the way it mostly is. And I can understand because writers are great. Mm-hmm. They wrote this for a purpose. Right. But it's like the Friday Night Lights writers caught on really quickly. Hey, what would they say? Mm-hmm. What would this character want to say? And pretty soon it's like, I thought I made that up. No, they wrote it up. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I think that's why Friday Night Lights, like the characters, there's not really moments. I mean, there's stuff in season two that we talked about that's crazy, but there's not moments where we're like, oh, she wouldn't say that or he wouldn't do mm-hmm. that. Like it, every kind of character arc felt natural. And I think that's because y'all had so much freedom to just kind of embody the character and go off script so much. Um, Season two or three, you're talking about that was weird. Well, it was three that they killed. Somebody was. It was two. It was two. (laughs) When Landry did the murder. (laughs) Right. Besides that. I haven't haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah, I think that they were, and nobody told me this, I'm making it up, uh, but they didn't get enough viewers. Mm. So how do you get viewers on American TV? You kill somebody or rape somebody. Yep. You know? Right. That's The fact that it didn't fit into our, like, real life thing. (laughs) Right. they caught on to that. Right. Okay, never mind. We didn't really kill that. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll just forget about that. It. Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, and it's funny because they do those things for the ratings, but then the viewers also can smell that on it, you know, and right. get turned off by it too. So it happened. Yeah. Um, that's been a long time ago. So what did they do? How did they sweep that under the rug. I don't remember. <laughs> a great question. Did- <laughs> it got kind of complicated because that was when the writer strike happened. So season 2 was truncated into 15 episodes actually. And so they kind of got away with it because they had to oh. cut the season short and then <laughs> they swept a lot under the rug from season 2 and basically started fresh um with season 3 a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> Was it mentioned at all after that? <laughs> so <laughs> plot wise, like it was semi-resolved because Landry confesses and then they decide it was self-defense, whatever. But then after the that point, press charges, the family or whatever. Yes. And the family doesn't press charges. But after that, they never mention it again. Landry doesn't go to therapy. Like there's no <laughs> kind of follow up. I, I killed somebody. Yeah. 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 Like, like, we'll just move done. on. I'm just going to focus on I Tyra. We don't worry about <laughs> Right. <laughs> Don't call 911. Yeah, you know, we'll just take care of it. <laughs> well, I also wanted to ask, you know, so I mentioned that we grew up in Fort Worth. Um, we went to Trinity Valley. Um, but my my mom went to Pascal. She's a Fort Worth girl, too. And she said back in the day, the Pascal and Heights rivalry was intense. And she remembers a time that Pascal like painted the steeple at Heights purple and all that. And I just wanted to ask if you remembered anything from those days. <laughs> Uh, Pascal, it's funny because I was just somebody was uh, texting me yesterday that their granddaughter is starting to teach at Pascal her first year. Oh, cool! And I thought, oh my gosh, Pascal! <laughs> now Heights was so bad in sports that, and Pascal was better. So I think that might still be the case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when did your mom? I'm quite a bit older. When did your mom graduate? You know, in the oh, she was born in '58. So yeah. I'm like 10 years old. So 
I don't remember uh, anything happening like that, the painting, the steeple. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Haskell and Heights were, were big rivals. And we all played our football games on the same field. Well, that's not true. Not everybody did. But uh, a lot of different teams used, didn't they use Eamon Carter? Oh, I, mean, I think, oh, yes, yeah. I, I, think right. I have run track meets there before. And uh, well, it was not in great shape, but it, in its heyday, I think that both high, all the high schools used it. Um, and that I think now that they, they've like repaved and redone it, that was actually that's the field that I, I uh, fell over a hurdle and um, fractured my elbow the night before Monica and I went on a big camping trip when we were oh, in yeah. middle school. <laughs> Oh, were you a hurdler? Did you run? I was uh, uh, in middle school. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those days are. <laughs> yeah, I was more of a soccer player uh, through high school, but I, I was not super competitive on, on the track, which I <laughs> fell over the hurdle. So <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> did you still get to go on the trip? I and did. Then- yep, I did. <laughs> I still went. I was only like 13 or something. The bones heal fast. Nobody was very worried about me. <laughs> It's a little broken elbow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it was different back then because not every high school was this huge monolithic complex yeah. with their little sports arena and, <laughs> and all that. Now my, my grandson is playing uh, baseball in, at Highland Park. Oh, yeah. And oh, they're yeah. all so their district is made up of lots of little districts around here. And you drive to those places you've never even heard of or barely mm-hmm. huge high schools, gorgeous. Um, people are really putting money into, I hope it's also going into the education, not just to the athletic part. But, <laughs> As happens yeah. on Friday night lights. Right. <laughs> That's right. I don't remember all the points. As a very real, yeah, we, talked about it recently saying, well, that's a pretty real uh, issue in Texas is the money getting pumped into the athletics instead of right. the education. Jumbotron versus jobs and right. education and all that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and the Olympics going on right now, bringing this to the fore again about the, the pressure and the stress yeah. we all put on our athletics and our athletes. Yeah, and their kids. Yeah. How much all love. I mean, we're all part of it. We're all guilty because I love sports. Hockey is my number one. Football used to be number one. Now I'm a hockey freak. I have a season (laughs) ticket. I go by myself. My husband came. Yeah. Nice. I'm trying to go to all of the barns before I die. I've been to (laughs) Rush. I've been to 15 or 16. uh, Bye bye. Mainly. That's cool. And I usually go during playoffs, so it's pretty intense. Oh, that's awesome. That is fun. I never got into hockey until I moved to Colorado. I mean, I know that the stars are probably better, but um, no, I just never really. No, the are awesome. They are pretty good right now. And I've had fun watching them over the last few years. Um, but I never, I don't even think, my family just, we were a baseball family. So I just never like went to hockey. And then living in Colorado, I started going to uh, the Avs games and um, loved it. Super fun. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know what hockey was. For some reason, I thought, you know, I need something. My last kid's graduating from high school. I've got acting, but I need something that's less work. (laughs) So So I started going by myself. And I happened to start going when the start in 96, when the stars were coming up for winning the Stanley Cup. Right. And 
We won the Stanley Cup in 1999. Oh. So you're the good luck charm. <laughs> right. I love it. Well, while we're still kind of talking Fort Worth and, oh, and yeah. high school, we did read just sort of in your bio online that you also did plays in junior high and high school. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that? Because Monica <laughs> and I did a lot of plays and musicals. Growing yes. Up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my first show was when I was about probably about eight or nine. It was we were going to make money for the milk and ice fund. I guess that was a big thing. <laughs> so I just I got the neighbors together and we did a little show. Uh, I really believe that you're born a certain way. And I never, ever dreamed of being a professional actress. That was not ever in my, uh, you know, I, I couldn't visualize that. And in ninth grade, I did a show called Flopsy or Mopsy. <laughs> And One of those. <laughs> and I was cast as the principal. I've always been cast older. I've never been cast at my age. That's so interesting. That I know of. Well, maybe now I am because there's hardly anything older. <laughs> <laughs> hardly any older. Uh, and I loved it again. And then in um, senior year, I auditioned for uh, Our Town. Yes. And as I said in my bio, I was Mrs. Gibbs, and my present husband was Dr. Gibbs. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. And I got a massive, massive crush on him. <laughs> There's nothing but, like the crushes you get when on your like co-star <laughs> in a yes. play. Oh my gosh, and he was so quiet and mysterious, and he had money, and we were poor. <laughs> he had a car. Ooh, that's a big deal in high school. Yep. I didn't have a car and um, all the girls had crushes on him, but it seems like now maybe I'm wrong. You're 28. So you can tell me. And my daughter tells me too, that I'm wrong. <laughs> it seems like girls back then knew more about how to get men. <laughs> don't, don't chase. They like to chase mm -hmm. it's just part of the DNA. So whenever we were in a little group to play and he walked up, I would just walk off. See, you know what you're doing. Okay, I'm playing a little hard to get. Yeah. I've been playing hard to get for 10 years. Nobody's it's following still me, not. but yeah. I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> well, <laughs> if it's not working for you, then maybe you should go with the chase. Yeah, I might, need to, I might need to. I have come to that realization. Once I hit 27, I was like, I might need to do a little chasing. Right, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Uh, but my best friend bet me at Coke that he would ask me out during the play. Oh, my gosh. Did, did not. <gasps> Come on. No. And then it was the rap party. Oh, it's always the rap party. And, right. <laughs> the after party. And I kept thinking he would ask me to go to that. And he didn't. And then I heard other girls saying, could he? Could they ride with him? And so I invited a guy that I didn't even like, a, <laughs> a boy that told him the whole deal. I said, we're just going to go and I'm going to act like you're my boyfriend. He's fine, <laughs> fine. Fine. I don't know. Nothing happened that night. But in about two or three weeks, he called me. I still remember. Oh, my gosh. And he asked me to go motoring. Oh. <laughs> so like, like driving? Hmm. <laughs> he's, he's kind of the quiet intellectual type. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, that was our senior year. We went to separate colleges. And after three years at separate colleges, we decided we would be unofficially engaged. Oh, I love that. Sweet. Okay, I'll tell you a story I haven't told anyone else. Yes, oh, wow, exclusive. So, so we were unofficially engaged. Mm -hmm. It's our, my senior year of 
um, college, his first year of medical school. And people had asked me out, I'd say no. And I'd go to events in a formal with no date because we had agreed. So I get this letter from a friend in New Orleans. Michael's at Tulane Medical School. Well, oh, I love yeah, Tulane Medical School yeah. in, in New Orleans. And I get this letter from my friend said, we really enjoyed going double dating with Michael the other night. He and uh, oh, she was the cotton queen at uh, Sophie Newcomb or something. And we really had fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, Who is this cotton queen? <laughs> this cotton- I still remember running, running with that letter in my hand. I crawled into somebody's car that was unlocked and sobbed. Oh, and, but then I got mad. <laughs> you get sad and then you get mad. Yeah. <laughs> he called me every Wednesday night. We don't, we didn't have phones in our rooms, but down the hall there was a payphone. Next Wednesday night he calls. I said, "Hey, I heard from Joy. Heard about that date." He said, "Oh no!" I said, "No big deal. Let's just both date other people yeah, for a while. No problem." Oh, please. Wait. Nope. Nope. Sounds good to me. So somehow I got a date with this. I didn't like him, but he was a <laughs> physician and Michael was going. So I started dating this physician who was a real, I didn't like him. <laughs> but it worked. I got, anyway, I don't know why I told you that I think story, it's amazing. I it. And I need to be bringing some Luann energy to my dating life. Clearly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now we celebrate, uh, and June the 27th, we celebrated 57 years of marriage. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And if you go with those four years we were dating. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's not easy to be married. You have to, no. you fall in and out of love. That's why I don't think that girls know. Yeah. yeah. I think that a lot of people in our generation, that's kind of a something that's get, that gets missed. That once you yeah. find your person, that it's easy. <laughs> you have to continue both committing to work. (laughs) Yes. My mom always says you're as much married to the other person as you are married to the marriage itself. You know, you have to commit to that instead of just committing to one person, because if you just focus on the one person, like you said, you're going to fall in and out of love. You're going to need them too much or whatever. It's just, it's focusing on the bond that you've, you know, created. That is such a good way of of saying Mm -hmm. it because, you know, you do, you fall in and out of love. It's just being in love is a, is a, it's sort of fake in a way. I mean, you have to like believe in it. (laughs) Yeah. It's great because if you didn't get those feelings, you'd never get married because you'd never go through all this stuff if you didn't have that feeling. Uh, But then love is how you treat somebody and being there for them. And it's important to marry someone you like and admire so that when you're not in the love part or the crush part, you still want to be with them. You like who they are. Mm-hmm. You have the same goals and the same, you know, feelings about life. Totally. So that's to quote Phil Duffy from Modern Family: <laughs> "Marry somebody who looks sexy when angry." <laughs> I've heard that. I've great. always okay. loved that one. Well, guys, I think we should just start a dating podcast, and then we can bring on single people. Luann, you can speak some advice, and done. <laughs> I do think it's cute that you have your high school sweetheart and that Matt Saracen also had he, his, like his Julie, his little yeah. high school sweetheart. 
I thought about that. That's right. Yes. I'm all about a podcast. I'll give, uh, as Grandma Sarah said, I'll give dating advice if y'all get the question. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm in. We will be in touch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, moving on to college, you know, I also read that you went to Tulane to get your MA for American literature um, mm-hmm. and that you taught American literature in high school. English was always my favorite subject. I think it was Carly's Monica's favorite. Thing. I, I also love it. And writing One of your is favorites. really, yeah, writing is very important to me. I love it. Yes. And so I wanted to ask kind of what was your, you know, your favorite novel to teach on or, or just kind of any memory from that time of your life? Wow. Yeah, that's been a long time ago. I, um, I love American literature. One of my very smart kids said, you're being wasted, Mrs. Stevens, on American literature. You should teach <laughs> English literature. Um, Steve Webb, was that his name? It's funny, you remember that very first class you had as a teacher, but after that, it all, it all blurred. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, I love teaching poetry because uh, it's hard yeah. and you can really fun by acting it out and doing fun stuff, having little plays. Um, I liked, of course, teaching any sort of drama. We would have, uh, we'd do Thornton Wilder, mm-hmm. of course, town and, and other American playwrights. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite one to teach. I'm going to have to come back to that. Yeah. Tell me what yours, I only taught three years. I really liked Kurt Vonnegut because it was very just weird and, and kind of out there. But I one of my favorite quotes, we had a amazing English teacher. Shout out Dr. Lattimore. Um, and she came in one day. Oh, she and kind of a the podcast, I think. Oh, perfect. Well, hey, hey, Dr. DL. She came in in like a huff and she was like, all right, so we got to read Hamlet or Macbeth. And we're going to read Macbeth because it's shorter and bloodier. <laughs> <laughs> I just always hear that in my head. Oh, how cool. I did take a semester of Shakespeare. Uh, in my master's training, but I already, I still get the scripts. I mean, the plot's a little bit confused. I'm I do too. Have yeah. <laughs> it gets, it gets hairy. For some reason, Jane Austen, I can tell you any character from any of her books ever, but Shakespeare just doesn't stick to the wall for me for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I know it should because all the things we, we still say. I know. Not the Bible. We think they're from the Bible, but they're from Shakespeare. Totally. All the words he invented. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, back to American literature, I really liked the transcendentalists, Emerson mm. and Thoreau. Uh, that was fun. And uh, some quotes from Emerson, like, let's see, uh, imitation is suicide. Isn't that from him? Mm. I think so. I did a big Walt Whitman. Uh, that was one of my biggest you high school papers. I loved Walt Whitman. <laughs> Yeah, I like Walt Whitman, too. We have a lot of good artists. Uh, so many new people have come along since I taught. Uh, and it's hard to, I don't keep up. I certainly don't keep up with poetry. I, I'm in a book club and I do read a lot of, you know, we read real literature mm-hmm. usually. So that's good. Keep up a little. But then I don't really remember who it was or the name of it. or You know, things I say I've got so much in my brain. Sometimes it's it's like that little circle on the computer when it's yeah, when it's loading. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how how we feel as well. Yeah, <laughs> I did enjoy the teaching. It was hard because I was twenty two and those boys were seventeen. Oh my god! I have, wow. I have to say I was pretty hot. <laughs> um, it was kind of a struggle. Like I'd be turning around. We wrote on the blackboard. Mm-hmm. There'll be whistles. So then oh you have to try to be mean 
And I remember that sixth period, I had study hall right before sixth period. I'd study hall, I'd go in the bathroom. I was just a monitor in a study hall and cry to face sixth period. David Koretsky and all those boys. I had 20 or 25 boys and like three girls. I would go in there and it was just a disaster every day. They didn't listen. Back then, teachers had more power. Mm. But finally, I said, you know what, kids? We're going to stay after school since it was last period every day until you act right. And we did. We stayed after about two weeks. They stayed after school for 30 or 40 minutes. And after that, they straightened up, except for the big physical fistfight. But hey, that's (laughs) That's that's a whole nother. (laughs) I feel you, though. I have had some teaching experience in, in my career. And currently I work for a school district um, I work in production for them, but every once in a while they ask us to like substitute or whatever. And I have teaching experience, so I'm on the list or whatever. And I got oh. sent into one of the high schools uh, recently or a year or two ago. I guess that was before the pandemic. Um, and I mean, I was 26 at the time. I probably looked like 22, 23. And sure. let me tell you, those high school boys did not let me have it easy. I also went into my car and cried. So, oh. <laughs> So how often do you do you teach? Not very much anymore. Just every once in a while if they need it. Um, But when I was in grad school, I taught um, a number of classes, which I really enjoyed. I liked the college kids better, actually. They were a little more Mm. a little better behaved. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know what what kids are like these days. You know, yeah. You know, I've only taught little, (laughs) little bitty. So I haven't I haven't had the teenage experience. That would be hard. Yeah, that'd be really hard. Yeah, I think I would. Well, I know I would do a lot better now because I've done a lot of church and other things with teenagers mm-hmm. now that I'm older. It, you know, <laughs> the dynamic well, changes. I, <laughs> well, I love teenagers. They're, I just love working with teenagers. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I'm scared of them. So, <laughs> well, you're still too young. <laughs> yeah, when I'm a little older. <laughs> they are frightening when you're 28. <laughs> they are frightening. <laughs> Um, okay, well, so just to get back into FNL, yeah. um, and we talked about this a little bit already, but since you are a born and raised Texan, um, and yes. we talk on the show a lot about how authentic this show is, and and you can talk to Texans across the board, and they'll tell you Friday Night Lights did it right. So, what sort, what parts of your authentic childhood and youth in Texas did you channel into Lorraine, and how did that sort of help you build her character? I'm glad you said that first about it being authentic because one of my big pet peeves is something said in Texas and they use a Southern accent. Yes, they never get the accent right. Friday Night Lights did. Yes. They go to Georgia or North Carolina. Mm -hmm. You know, every single person on there and they're not all from Texas. Yes, Zach Guilford, his accent was one of the best. And isn't he from Chicago? And Taylor is from Vancouver. Right. <laughs> no? Yeah. So um, I don't know if they had uh, dialect coaches or not. I know in a movie I just did a little bit ago, I had a dialect. Well, I was, it was speaking in Romanian. Oh, wow. And, uh, well, just a few lines. Este drago. I was a 200-year-old <laughs> gypsy. That's going to come out. Well, I think pretty soon. I'm. It's a small role, but I loved it. Oh, it was so much. Um, for me, it's embarrassingly easy because 
I am the first generation of my family that wasn't from the farm. Mother and daddy grew up on a farm out near Vernon, Texas, yeah. Odell. There's nothing left there now except, uh, well, there's nothing really. Uh, the post office closed. In fact, we're all going up there next weekend. I've kept mother and daddy's house. We're going to have a little reunion. Oh, that's so nice. Go to the cemetery and look up our ancestors and all mm -hmm. that. But So I was the first generation uh, that didn't grow up on the farm. So all I had to do was use my grandmother, all my great aunts, uh, just, just these strong Texas feisty women that I grew up with. It, it just, <laughs> you know, there's just nothing to it. It's just so real yeah. and it feels so comfortable. I mean, there's Etta Faye, Etta May, uh, you know, Mary Lou, all these women that I grew up around. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just in me. Yeah. But I think in acting, everything people do is already in you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't, up something you you can get coaches for your accent but we all in my in my opinion have inside us anger love all those emotions and so you're just channeling things you've already got mm -hmm. and if you don't have it then i don't think you can channel it yeah. that's just my just opinion building your blocks it, but it's not real you right. you can do it but it doesn't feel real so um, i love that it was just a hoot to get to do that role and wow yeah mm. i would uh, yeah I, I don't know uh how i could ever have anything more fun to do than her and to work that. with Zach, such a sweetheart <laughs> yeah we just you know i stay up with him we just we just kind of have a thing and then landry um you know jesse i don't stay up with him and of course, he's become a yep. superstar. Who knew hey, of everyone on who the can show? can keep up yeah. with him? Yeah. <laughs> but no, but working with him, you did know. I mean, really? just seeing, in fact, it was very flattering. The crew one day was saying, we want a spinoff with Grandma Saracen and Landry. Oh, I would have watched. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> he was, and well, um, Kyle's from Georgia, but he did a great Texas accent. Yes, yeah. Who could be? Trailer. I, I mean, know. who could? Yeah. Besides, the, <laughs> and the uh, well, I forgot. I think I'm off the topic of what you asked me. I don't remember. Oh no, no, that's great. <laughs> I don't either. Um, <laughs> either. <laughs> Authenticity. Yes. Of it. Yes. So for me, it was easy, and then having it on location in those houses, yeah. and having super actors to work with. I didn't get to work with everybody, uh, but. <clears throat> oh, Kim Dickens, you know. Yeah, we're right at her. She just kind of entered the show in season three where we're at right now. And we, yeah, we love her. Yes, she's yeah. awesome. She's incredible. She and Zach did lie to me, though. <laughs> they, we were doing some scene and they said it's really good. And they said, we're going to make you famous. <laughs> they, didn't, they haven't done it. Still haven't followed through on that one. Still waiting. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they haven't followed through <laughs> Well, you're on the TX Forever podcast, so yeah, this clearly is this break. is your big break. <laughs> Never mind, it did exactly come today. <laughs> on my own, I may add, on my yes, own. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, one of my like all-time favorite scenes of the whole show is the season finale of season one, um, when everyone's going to state, and you're... <laughs> 
you're Gina. like at the bus stop by yourself and Tyra and her, you know, her mom and her sister and Landry roll up and you're like, is that Tyra? Did, she, did you bring the booze and all that? <laughs> and I just wanted to ask about that yeah, scene and they're like singing the Lady Marmalade in the car. And I just want to ask about that whole experience. <laughs> Oh, it was just so fun. Yeah. I love Landry's expression when he realizes <laughs> not only is he having to take her mother, <laughs> you know, but now this, oh, because he was fantasizing about him and his Tom, romantic right? endeavor. Oh, and the erotic chocolates and all that. Yes. <laughs> oh, we just, that was just so much fun. Sure. We made almost all of that up. Amazing. You know, as we were going and playing and uh, she's really fun, Annie. Uh, I like the scene where she was doing Lorraine's uh, pedicure. Oh, and- yes. We so love that, cute. too. They bring over wine. Y'all are just like gabbing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's really a, a nice young woman. I've run into her um, a few times at ATX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went back to every one of those. I don't know if you all were involved. No, the reunions, all, but we've seen all the pictures and everything from I that. know. We, we'd love to go to the, the next one if it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be fun. It's great. I just love that they gave your character, Lorraine, that depth to where she wasn't just Matt's grandma or like kind of oscillating between mom and mom and grandma. She also had these like super rich moments with the other younger uh, characters on the show where she's super vibrant and has this really big personality. And I always loved that. It was nice that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. The the role really grew um, from how it started. Mm -hmm. Well, I think a lot of that was a testament to what you brought to it and that they wanted the viewers and the writers wanted more of that on the show. And we're so glad that they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope, I hope that's, that's why, because <laughs> it's really, uh, and they would do different things with her first, you know, one year she was comic relief, one year she was sick, one year she was better. Yeah. One year, oh, whatever, whatever they kind of needed that year. You totally. Know? totally. Yeah. It's kind of the, almost like the backdrop of what, um, Matt's character is going through. It's like you mm-hmm. kind of mirrored that or or brought kind of certain parts of his character out. Yeah. And you touched what? on it a little bit, your relationship yeah. with uh, with Zach. I mean, on the show, the relationship with Matt and, and his grandma is so beautiful. Sometimes it's, you know, mothering and authoritarian. Sometimes she is his only friend, um, but sometimes he's also... Uh, the caretaker. So what what did that relationship sort of mean to you and sort of your real life relationship with Zach Gelford? Well, I always cry when I talk about oh, it. That's okay. You we can love that. We cry a lot on this show. We cry on almost <laughs> every episode. So. <laughs> he um he's really <clears throat> unique. He's exactly what you would think, I mean, he is extremely polite. He's very, very bright. I would be reading a piece of literature and he's already read it. I mean, wow. he's very smart. Um, <clears throat> his parents were on the set one time and they said he treats his real grandparents the same way oh. that he that he treated his TV grandmother. Oh, I love that. Yeah, he... Um, if he accidentally would say a bad word, which is very rare, he would apologize. Oh, oh look, I'm so sorry. I, you know, or something so like that. Sweet. And Jesse would be going, whatever. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had one very funny thing that happened and we've told it before. 
now that I've set it up is how uh, reticent he was with me, how gentle, how kind, how he never wanted to do anything that was untoward or that might uh, embarrass me or anything in any way. So the scene where uh, Lorraine uh, falls out of the car or jumps out of the car, I oh, think. Yeah. Maybe packing up. Or you're not there yet. Maybe they're I going to- I think it's a little work. later, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're going to get groceries, and she doesn't want to be with her daughter-in-law. Or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it's the mo- the the mom tension. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's in the back seat, and she jumps out of the car. Well, first, let me set this up: how dumb I was not <laughs> having done that much. I've done I've done movies and commercials, but nothing like this. Never jumped out of any cars. <laughs> no, and I, I I said to somebody, maybe Amy, P. Gardner, somebody. Gosh, I've got a bad knee, but I guess you know, I'll do it. And she said, Luann, that'll be a stunt person. You won't really jump out of the car. Like, oh, well, that's good. So <laughs> dodged that bullet. I was going to do it for my acting. <laughs> You're uh, like ready to sacrifice your body. Yeah. <laughs> and then since it's been replaced, but I guess I was just going to roll on it. <laughs> so they put the pad down on the ground and the uh, stunt double did the rolling out of the car. When you watch this, then you'll know what and then they put me down with blood and everything down on the uh, oh on the path. And Zach is up on the steps of the house and sees it happen and runs out and grabs his grandmother and picks her up to hold her. Well, he inadvertently grabbed my breasts. Oh my gosh, he was probably horrified. <laughs> well, and he had, we had to keep acting, right. you know. So I talked to him later about this. So <laughs> we stood up, we stood up. And his face was red, but he was assuming I would not say anything because <laughs> I'm a gentle woman right. and so forth. But right in front of everybody, I said, well, Zach, way to go grabbing my boobs or something. <laughs> like that. He was so humiliated. Oh. Um, but anyway, it was really funny because he was so, Just you'd have to know what sure. he wanted to know how much that embarrassed him. And yet he had to keep going with the scene, you know, the <laughs> right. loving scene while he's. <laughs> that is adorable. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you gave him the jab, though. Yes. That was hilarious. You had to, and it would have been weirder if you didn't bring it up. Like, you got to be like, well, you touch <laughs> you my boobs. <laughs> Something instinctively, I knew if we just let that lie, it would always be between. Would <laughs> <Right>. fester. <laughs> and the other thing that happened funny, um, we had a woman director. What's her name? Oh, I want to give her PR. But anyway, we can we can look it up and yeah, we can look. It up. I yeah. worked for her on Prime on um, in in uh, LA another NBC show. She booked me. But anyway, um, somebody came up to me and said, "Let's do a joke because she's real loose. We won't tell her or Zach or anybody when." Um, when uh, he's in bed with his, uh, with the caregiver or something. Carlotta. <laughs> yeah, Carlotta. And he's in his bedroom. And I, I kind of stumble in there. And it's it's a surprise. They wanted me to have a, uh, a condom <laughs> and walk in and say something funny. Oh what, she, what she's supposed to say is, where's my vanilla cream? <laughs> And she goes in 
And so this, the take starts rolling. I'm nervous <laughs> because we're not telling the director or anybody, only the prop person and I, and maybe one other person. I think we got it okayed by somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I have the condom in my in my house coat pocket. And so when I go in there and, and the, the way the scene is, this is like take five or something. He's surprised that he's with her in bed and the grandmother comes in. Oh, grandma, you know, he stands up. <laughs> so this time, and then I say, where's my vanilla cream? So this time I walk in and, and the camera people, nobody knew it was going to happen. I just say, I pull it out of my pocket. Is this yours? And what is it? It looks like a size large. <laughs> Or something like so they use that in the outtakes, you know, for the rap party. Oh, amazing. That's hilarious. Zach Zach didn't know it was gonna happen either. So that's pretty funny. (laughs) That's hilarious. All all kinds of stuff goes on like that, you know, in lots of scenes. But that's the only one I ever really did. So it it. was fun. That's incredible. (laughs) Now let me ask you what is uh forget me for a minute. Oh (laughs) what what characters not counting me, so you won't have to say it's me. <laughs> what characters uh, do you relate to the most? Ooh, we never get questions in our own I interviews. Know. Wow. Wow. <sighs> um, I think I'm a little bit of a mix, I think, between Amy's character um, and Tyra. I can't say I'm a full Tyra, but because my life isn't that bad. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think that I'm I'm mostly I have always had an edge that I had to sort of defend, <laughs> and I always wanted out of Texas. I mm-hmm. I identify with a lot of those aspects of Tyra's character and her. She's really ambitious, and. Um, kind of takes no shit and that's kind of always been my vibe but I also have a good bit of Julie in me where I am my dad's daughter and I am just a little Texas girl and that comes out of me very often as well (laughs) yeah that can be a bind for you though that can be a an anxiety producing situation when someone has those two opposite I wanted to be a, a therapist but I quit I was studying for it at one point so I think that situation where you love and hate something at the same time can be it's very conflicting. Anxiety. This podcast has been a really awesome way for me to like revisit what I've what I love about my Texas roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because like every place, and as you move away, you find that every place you go, there you are, either same self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and every place you go to has its good and bad. Points and Texas certainly does have some downsides. Absolutely, yes. and I kind of I struggled fitting into the Texas. I mean, in our little Texas bubble, that was kind of a hard. That was a hard part of my upbringing. Yeah, How about you, Monica. Um, I think I'm going to go with Landry, and oh, a, I think that that is right on the nose, right? And a little <laughs> bit of Julie too, because I think with Landry, I'm kind of the you know. I can be irreverent and just like silly and funny. Um, but I do think. But you're the cement. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Um, Gonna make me cry. I, I also just relate to his like kind of his niceness being taken advantage of. Um, and also just romantically being seen as the friend a lot. You know, him and Tyra, the 
you know, that scene right now, I'm like, wow, I can relate to that in a lot of scenarios. And so, and then obviously the music, which I like to think I'm a little more talented than Cruz Victorious, but um, we've got that going. <laughs> I think we can, I think we can I say that pretty say safely. <laughs> but I don't want to go full Landry because I do think I have the Julie and maybe the little bit of the Tyra edge too. I'm not like just, you know, always the underdog or whatever. I can be pretty bold and, um, and also a little bit of a brat. <laughs> so. We're both as as like just Texas grown girls. We're all a little bit jewelry. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. What a great question. Thank you for I asking. Love that. Yeah. Um, well, going back to your bio, um, it says she wants her fans to know that she may be playing and pretending on bigger sets, but with no more excitement or passion than on her grandmother's dirt floored garage. And I just, I think that's beautiful. And it makes me think of um, in the most recent Little Women where it shows like kind of oh, the juxtaposition, yes. This like this scene makes me ball of like Little Women her finally, is one of my favorite American literature. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Thank you. Of her finally getting her book published and kind of accomplishing her dreams. But then it shows kind of the next generation of girls just like playing and pretending. And like, that's actually the joy still, you know, Um so yeah, just tell me how you still kind of draw from that place when you play roles that are kind of bigger than obviously just playing around. Thank you. Anytime I can talk about my grandmother, that's uh, uh, really cool. Um, yeah. I'm not like her. I wish I were because with my <laughs> grandkids, I played dress up with them. <laughs> I love that. You know, when my granddaughter wanted to quit playing hair salon at third grade, I said, whatever. No, we're not through. She said, yes, I am, Lulu. I don't like this. <laughs> Lulu. She's a biomedical engineer major at UT. Wow. So we're very obvious. But for me, like I was saying, you're born a certain way. From the very beginning, what I remember is playing school, playing uh, with my cousin in the backyard, now she was a year older, so she made me be the man or the prince or the whatever <laughs> or the dog. Sure. <laughs> and she was just on the she was on the quilt as the princess. But I think that's one of the reasons I can do different things, you know. Um, and then Mama Sam, my grandmother, who lived about four or five blocks away, um, was a very um, she was just very relaxed in her house and she was always doing something. She was sewing or upholstering, but she gave us a bag of old clothes and she said, you can play. And she let you play anywhere you wanted to in the house, but she didn't guide us. And there were no lessons. I'm not saying not to have lessons, but it seems like everything the kids do is directed by adults. Mm. You know, if you play baseball, it's run by an adult thing. If you do anything, it's run by adults. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just know it's very different. So she just gave us this bag of clothes and in her little kitchen, she had a breadboard. And actually in this kind of really nice house that we have, I had put in a, a, a breadboard thinking that my kids would, my grandkids would play there, but didn't work out that way. But anyway, we, that we played saloon in her kitchen, but we were Baptist. So we just drank sarsaparilla. We didn't know what sarsaparilla <laughs> was, but if you were the bartender, you could be the bartender or you could sit on the stool, Mama Sam's stool, and say, I want a drink. I want sarsaparilla. And then you could get any kind of, they kept all kinds of sodas under their sink and you could have that. And then in her garage, as I said, it was a dirt floor. So you could take a stick. The one I remember playing the most is Hotel, 
where you just go out there and you mark off the rooms in the dirt. And then in each little room, you get in your room and you fix it up with whatever you can find in the garage and you put on the old clothes. And it's just, that's basically when I can have that feeling in acting is when acting is worth it. Mm. When you have the stressful, am I good enough? Other people could do it better. Oh no, it's not worth it. It's just, it's miserable. But if you can keep that playful and just think of yourselves, you're all grown up people playing dress up. Yeah. Ugh. And for the last couple of years, uh, I've really been able to do that. Maybe it's just getting older. I know I did a film BJ Novak wrote and directed oh, cool. and starred in. We love BJ. And it, yeah. it, uh -huh, he's adorable. But when he called me, he had, we had auditioned a couple, he called me about it. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I didn't know who he was. I had never watched The Office, <laughs> which was good. So I wasn't intimidated. I mean, I had watched The Office, but I didn't know who he yeah. was. And I haven't watched it a lot. I said, let me ask you this. Is this going to be fun? He said, it's going to be the most fun you've ever had. And I said, well, can I make up my lines? He said, well, the first time you'll have to say what I wrote. And then you can make up some I stuff. Like that. Yeah. So we did it actually in 2020. We had to stop in the middle. It's called Vengeance. It's going to be so funny. I'm so excited. I know. It's going to be, it, you know, I don't know when it's when it's coming out. I know. I uh, but back know. To, the, to, the, to the playing. And that's what I was able to do with the uh, the gypsy role. And um, and I've had two or three little jobs in different TV shows lately. And I just had fun. So that's yeah. what she gave me or what what was presented to me as a child, which it seems like I've been able to reclaim more here in the last. Now, I was able to play Friday Night Lights. People have asked me, what is your uh, method? You know, <laughs> I don't have one. I just try to be that person. And I don't mm. know. I'm sure training would help me in some situations when you're not in, you're not on that day mm -hmm. and you're not channeling you would probably have some training to go to i think that's but awesome and i think that as a creative in any field that that is very familiar at least at least for me i know exactly yeah. what that feeling is when i know i'm about to get obsessed with a project and like that is what i what i chase and it's the the nights where i don't look at the clock i mean for mm. for me in film and graphics and and what i do it means i'm my work relationship is usually with my computer but when i <laughs> am sitting down in front of my computer and i'm not looking at the clock and it's all of a sudden 3 a.m. yeah and that's when i know that i've slipped into that that joyful place where I am just obsessed with what I'm doing. And, and I love that. I also love that your grandma's name is Mama Sam because my grandma's name is Mama Sally. And I'm actually going to see her for a family oh, yeah. reunion for the first time since the pandemic uh, in Austin oh. in a couple of weeks. Mama Sally, yes. will you tell her hi for me? I will tell her you said hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, great. Well, our last question, just on that same vein of... Yeah bring of joyfulness and excitement around play and pretend if you could play any role anytime, anywhere, what's your dream role? Well, I would like to be the mama of three sons in a Western. Ooh. And they have got to set out to 
to get the bad guys that have uh, hurt their parents, killed their parents when they were little boys. All these years I've been priming them to go after those. See, I haven't been in a Western yet. I've been in a horror film. Um, There are a few things on my bucket list. So you may have meant something that's already been written. Oh, I don't care. But that's, in fact, I told BJ, I texted him one time uh, that that's what I wanted to do. He said, okay, I'll see about it. I'm sure it won't happen, but (laughs) I can't BJ really doing a Western, but I think that'd be awesome. (laughs) But I think uh, that that would be really uh, right down my alley, easy to do. Uh, get some of these boys I've worked with, maybe Adam Bartley, who played Ferg, uh, one of the boys, and uh, maybe Derek Phillips as my other son. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Bailey Chase. Maybe I'll have to have four boys. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so that would be a fantasy. I, yes, I really I love that. that. I know. I want that show to happen right now. But it has to, it has to have depth. You know, it can't just be killing. It has to have be character-driven. Yes. So you've mentioned Vengeance is coming out. Um, is there anything else you want to kind of share with our listeners of things that you're working on that they can see? Uh, um, that other film with Nick Stahl called What Josiah Saw is the horror film, psychological mm. horror film. Okay. It's being screened the first time on August 13th, but just in Canada. No one else can see okay. it. I don't know when it's going to have a premiere or anything. We'll keep an eye out for it. Um, yeah, I did a few, I can't remember which ones are non-disclosure agreement. I did a little scene in um, Reservation Dogs. I mean, tiny scene. Mm-hmm. I was woman driving a car and I hit a deer. And I don't know if I died or not. <laughs> I don't know what my fate was. I maybe they'll bring me back. Yeah. I just had a really fun shoot with the two huge athletes, um, the head and shoulder spot. And it's come out. I had a non-disclosure on that, too. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. You know, he's quarterback for the Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, he's huge. Um, so I've had, I don't, and I've, I've had plenty of work. My life, I like the way it is. My husband and I are here with our two dogs, and, our, you know, our life is great. Mm. And if I have a job every once in a while, that's that's perfect. I, I don't that. know if I want something where I was a regular. Right. If you're a regular, they kind of own you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have signed up for so many and you have to be there as a recurring. If something has come up like a big tree you want to go on, you can just say, well, I can't shoot that. Week. Right. So that sounds like the life. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. it's, if things are going, going well, I have no complaints. Everybody's healthy and, that's what we like uh, to hear. Well, this was so lovely. Thank you yes. so much for joining us and for giving us your time and your stories. We're so appreciative. It was we didn't even get to talking about Brad Leland and what. Oh, I know. Oh my, gosh. oh my gosh, we've had we had him on. Uh, he, he was, was one our, of our first, first guest. Actually, yeah. we love him. <laughs> He's hilarious. He had us in stitches. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> He's a good actor too. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Did he tell you that he did um, Scrooge? On the big, oh, yes, we had that photo. his hair out for yeah. it while we were talking to him. I went to see him. I knew he would be good, but I didn't know the depth that he had. Wow, he was that. absolutely fantastic. Oh my gosh. Well, it was fun and delightful, and I'm glad it could work yes, out. Yes, we're so glad. Oh, you've got a little sneak peek of my dog over here. Oh, Jun- hello, Juno. Hi. Oh, I've got one under the desk. <laughs> I got one right here. I got one. <laughs> Look, <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you both. So, so great so to meet you, Luann. See ya. All right. She was so adorable. I'm obsessed with her. All my friends were vampires. Didn't know they were vampires. Turns out I was a vampire myself in the devil town.